three, two, one. From down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious. The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. And welcome back for another episode of Buzzardry. It is Wednesday night, November 3rd at the time of this recording. It's good to be back. Feels like it's been a long time. We had the special episode. I guess that was Tuesday of last week after the Sunbelt announcement. Um, But hey, we're back regularly scheduled content. Good to be back with you. My name is Ben Milam, and I'm here with my partner, Patrick McGee. Patrick, how you doing? Doing well. Glad to be on. All right, so plenty, uh, plenty to talk about. We got to recap Middle Tennessee, and uh, we will break down the North Texas game a little bit. We'll talk some realignment, as always. There's plenty to talk about there. Uh, we just uh, got a, a little tidbit of breaking news before we started recording, and then we'll talk about a few other things on the tail end, uh, but plenty to talk about. Pat, um, another <laughs> very frustrating loss on Saturday. Um, just feels like this team is just getting even more creative with the bad breaks they catch. And um, just, I don't know, it's it's hard to watch at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you scored early, went up 7 nothing. You think, okay, this is the game, you know, we're coming off the, uh, coming yep. off the bye. We're right. going to see uh, some improvement. But, that, you know, after that, it, was, uh, it wasn't much. It was... Uh, Pretty much domination by uh, Middle Tennessee, and you know there were a couple of weird plays. He had some turnovers and some, uh, yeah, and the block punt. But I mean, if you look at like yards per play and that kind of thing, uh, Middle Tennessee was you know clearly the better team on Saturday. So um, yeah, just another struggle. Um, just kind of been a long year, I think. Um, kind of year that I don't think anybody really expected. I don't even think the coaching staff really expected it. To be honest no. with you. Because, uh, you know, like we were saying a while back, Will Hall told um, Phil Steele to, you know, put, him on, uh, put us on the most improved list. Now, obviously, that was before, you know, all these injuries right, and that right. kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it's been a tough year, so it's going to be a longer rebuild than I think anybody expected. So. Yeah, and it's, it's also hard because there are two sides of it. When you watch a game like that, you know, the <laughs> you mentioned that the, the turnovers um, – you know, you had 10 penalties at halftime, and uh, you only give up two offensive touchdowns, uh, or the defense does. And so, you, I mean, you can't really – you can't take away those bad mistakes, but it's it's hard to, I guess, delineate. Are those coming from the lack of personnel talent-wise or the big gap – um, you know, that is, that's left uh, at quarterback and, and some of those other positions in an offensive line. Um, you know, is it, is it just this team catching this, this you know, uh, kind of snowball effect of bad breaks? Or is it just the, the complete lack of talent, which we talked about? And I think it's, it's a mix of both, but it's hard to tell which is, which is harder, uh, which is more significant. And that makes it harder... To really, um, to really look at this team and, and find the progress and see the bright spots, and especially, I think, grade this coaching staff. Uh, it, it, it muddies the waters a lot, and uh, that's that's part of, to, to me what makes it so frustrating is 
is it's so difficult to find what you can build off of next year to me. Yeah, because it's you know we feel like it's going to be a whole new offense next year, so yeah. it's really hard to say. All right, well, you know we got some of these players. You know, let's say they make improvement down the stretch, but we don't know if a lot of these players are going to be back next year, right? Or at least in the, um you know a starting role where they're playing a bunch of snaps. So, yeah, I, I think next year you want to see some improvement. I mean, you, you don't expect to compete. You don't expect to compete for a championship next year, but you want to see. Uh, obviously, some kind of improvement uh, from this year. You, you hope to see the roster retooled at least a little bit um, through the portal, through junior college. Yeah. Um, and some of these, you know, guys Hall brought in in December um, kind of step up more. They're more, I guess, developed in their career by then. So, um, yeah, it, it's been tough. Um, it's really tough to say. I mean, the defense is um, – it's been at least, you know, average um, – mm-hmm. So I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's kept you in games. It's just it's the offense, you know. Uh, yep. um, offense one twenty nine in S and P plus and um, one hundred and thirty in FPI. There's only a hundred. There's one hundred and thirty teams yep. <laughs> in FBS football. So yep. it's, you're basically a bottom two, or even the worst offense in FBS. So um, yeah, it, it's been disappointing. And uh, but you know, you know, I think I guess it, it does feel like, you know kind of like that twenty thirteen where we thought it was going to be kind of a blip or the previous year is kind of a blip where we're just going to go back to winning you know seven or eight games and uh i think it's uh you know gonna be a couple of years i think it's probably going to be until 2023 till you have a, a championship caliber roster and hopefully you can bring in enough guys uh for next year to uh you know make a run out of bowl so yeah i think that's that's um that's got to be the realistic expectation um although you do you know if you if you bring in 32 New pieces next year with with the scholarship limit lift uh, or raised because of the transfers, which um, I'll touch on that in a second. But um, so, you, so you have thirty two spots left, and I think the way that Coach Hall has talked, it, it sounds like five or six scholarships somewhere around there will be moved uh, or will be will be accounted for for guys that um, came in this year and their scholarship rolls over. Um, but that's still even if even if it is you know say twenty seven twenty eight guys that you sign and bring in, I mean that's you know thirty plus percent of the roster that's brand new and you know you you got to think the emphasis is going to be in the trenches right offensive line uh, to me that's been the number one issue um, you know obviously it's it's just unfortunate that you know you've had to play seven quarterbacks just all. Jason Goldstein get a snap uh, at the end of Saturday, um, which you know, good for him. He's, you know, it was just uh, just as much a part of the program as everybody else. And you know, I, I, from um, just what I've heard, he's going to be a great coach one day. And um, but yeah, I mean, it, that I think points to you know, you, the offensive line probably has something to do with all those injuries. Um, you know, we we've seen this the constant pressure. Uh, with with all six or seven of those guys, um, you know, when they do get snaps. And uh, even, you know, Jake Lang um, was banged up a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago. And so, yeah, to me, that is the number one issue, and, and that has to be the number one emphasis, is going and getting guys that are going to come in and compete right away and hopefully have some semblance of experience at the college level 
Tori, you're not relying on, you know, you're not relying on the three freshmen you have coming in this recruiting class that are offensive linemen. Um, although they, you know, those are really talented guys and you expect them to, to come in and compete, but just on the line, that's, you know, that's a more de- developmental position. Um, yeah. And so my question is, uh, you're kind of in this, this catch 22. It's got to be really difficult for this coaching staff to bring in talented, experienced guys, be it out of the portal or Juco, because you're kind of caught in this, you know, why, um, you know, if you if you are, you know, say you're at the FCS high level FCS offensive lineman, and you have all these offers to move to D one, and Southern Miss says, well, hey, you can you know you can come play right away. That's the pitch, but it's also a team that you know is probably going to win one or two games this year, and so you're you're kind of sticking yourself in the middle of a rebuild. Um, so it's. It's uh yeah, kind of an uphill climb, and this is a bad spot for the program to be in um, to even attract those kind of guys. Yeah, it, it's tough, and uh, I don't know what the way the portal is. I mean, who knows how it shakes out? I mean, you kind of trust Hall's connections. Uh, yeah, and there are fifteen thousand players in there too. <laughs> right. So I mean, I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, any is anybody's guess how the whole portal thing sure. shakes out? But I mean, yeah, he, he's going to have to look under pretty much every. Uh, Every crack he can find to, uh, you know, find at least four or five offensive linemen um, to sign in this class to where you can have a competitive offensive line that, um, you know, gives your offense a chance next year. So, yeah, I mean, like we were, we've said, you know, kind of look at the FCS level or, um, you know, if you can't get any guys at the FCS level, you know, we, we've said we preferred kind of the lower level guys that have produced. Right. But if that don't work, you know, take a look at some of those guys from the power conferences that aren't getting up playing time and try to bring them here. But yeah, I mean, you're going to have to retool the offensive line. And then you have a couple guys. I mean, guys, I'm trying to think how many, I know we signed at least one offensive lineman and um, he brought in Michael, uh, is that Michael McLeod from, uh, from Green County? Is that right? Um, I don't know. I mean, off the top that sounds right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's the kind of guy that can play in 2022. I remember, I remember Hall saying, you know, he's kind of a, uh, he could be a really good player for us, but he's really raw. Um, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you look at some of those guys. Um, so, yeah, you have to retool the offense a lot. And I think uh, receiver, I, I don't think you're going to have to go hit the portal for receivers hard just because you got a bunch of those young right. players. You might bring in, you know, Maybe one, you know, one or two. If there's I mean, a guy you feel really good about. Yeah. Yeah. Or a guy from JUCO or something. Sure. But I think quarterback and offensive line, those are the positions you're really going to have to address um, in terms of this recruiting class. Those are the, um, you know, kind of the two uh, big things that uh, need to get better for the uh, for the team to uh, win games, uh, win some games in 2022. So Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because you have, even with the departure of Antoine Robinson, which to me that's that's the most significant transfer we've seen outside of Arvin Fletcher, or significant departure, I guess, um, is Antoine Robinson, because I think he's he's a very talented receiver. I think he'll go be successful somewhere. I don't know, you know if it'll be at the same level or higher level, whatever it may be. I'm not sure he was productive enough here, um, you know, to go to the power five or something like that. Um, but you still have four, you have four wide receivers committed. If I, uh, I don't have it in front of me, if I'm remembering correctly, it's three high school guys and, um, the, the Juco wide receiver, Latrell Jones, the most, one of the most recent commitments, um, who's a the guy they, they expect him to come in and, and compete pretty immediately. You get Brownlee back and, uh, you really don't lose a whole lot. I mean, you, you, 
you know, obviously Chandler Pittman and a couple of those guys, Richard Mays, a Franks that have gotten the shirt, um, which will be interesting to see if they get any playing time in these these last four games. You would you would kind of think they would, um, but it's you know it, it's also uh, you know it's hard to say with as, as bad as the offense is, would that even be productive at this point? Um, they you know, um, but yes. Uh, I think you feel good at the skill positions and, uh, you know, maybe if you come across, uh, who's the running back from, from Jones? Um, oh, oh, golly. Lede- or is it, is it Webb? Yeah. I thought it was uh, Damien Webb was the guy's name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, look up, look up his name, but that, um, that's a guy who, you know, if I think you feel good at running back, but if you, if a guy, if a guy like that, uh, if you can get a guy like that, you're not going to turn that away, because that's another guy that you know could be your running back at the future after Goran Richard, and um, or you know could just be thrown into the mix pretty much right away with as talented as he is. But outside of that, I think it's it will almost be totally 95 percent offensive defensive line because you do you still lose a good bit off the defensive line as well. Um, Sykes and Kitchen, both gone. I, I think Josh Carr is gone as well. Uh, if I'm missing his COVID year, did he? Did he? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if he came in as a as a grad transfer, but yeah, the Damian Webb, by the way, is the um, Damian Webb. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty highly recruited um, guy. He's, he's had a fantastic year at Jones. Um, so yeah, you would you would take a guy like that, but you know, I mean, you you were not too far away. This is this is uh, really this next month is you know, probably the most intense and, and important portion of um, of the recruiting cycle. And so, um, yeah, we're going to see that shake out in, in these next couple of weeks. And um, Markel McLaurin just recently yeah, so, committed, uh, and, ma- making his way back to Hattiesburg. Yeah, I was about to say, the return. Uh, yeah. You know, he was yeah, started his um, career here. He is uh, from Collins, I think, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and then I think – Made the shift to defensive back was was here as a wide receiver. May play both ways a little bit, but I yeah. think I think he's now recruited as a defensive back. Yes, we have. Uh, I think we, I think we've talked about uh, the recruiting class a little bit, um, maybe a little bit too much. Let's let's move on to this this weekend, North Texas. We've talked about those two. We've I feel like all year we've talked about the two most winnable games on the schedule: North Texas, FIU. Would say North Texas maybe is a little tougher than FIU. Yeah, um, I'd agree. Yeah, uh, North Texas favored by four and a half as it stands, and uh, you know they've had had some decent results. They've scored some points. Um, scored I think twenty six against Liberty, which you know that's not a bad defense. And just beat uh, Rice, something. Yeah, beat Rice. Um, but you can you know there are also some similar results you can look back to. I mean. Pretty similar uh, result uh, against UAB, forty to six, and uh, Marshall beat him, beat him pretty good. And um, you know that's that's a capable team. That's not, um, yeah. I, again, I think FIU is is the much more more winnable game. But also, part of me wants to, part of me wants to say if you if you don't win this game, it almost feels like you know it. You just the any any idea or opportunity for momentum 
uh, or just any positive kind of slips out of your hand, and then you, it, it's just, you, there's no reversing the backslide at this point. And um, so, to, yeah, I don't, to me, if you want to get that still and have some sort of forward movement into the offseason, this is a must win game. Yeah, it is. And, uh, well, what's the uh, quarterback, Austin On? I think is how you mm. say it. Maybe Austin On. He's, uh, he's, I think he has six touchdowns, six picks. He's t- kind of taking a step back from last year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Seth Trail at this point, probably a dead coach walking. Yeah. He's probably on his way out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but and the computers have it kind of basically as a toss up. SP Plus has it at 25 25 tie. Yeah. Uh, they give North Texas 51% chance. Um, and then, um, FPI gives them a uh, North Texas a fifty three percent chance. So um yeah, I mean this this one of those games. I mean it's not quite um like the FIU game in twenty thirteen where you mm. felt like that was um okay well we got to win this one right. I don't think North Texas is as bad as uh, that FIU team, but um from twenty thirteen. But it's the game you'd really like to win. I mean you're, yeah. you're just kind of looking like all right if we can somehow get to three and nine, that'd be really really nice. I think you feel really good if you got to three and nine. Oh yeah, I feel, feel really. I feel great. Yeah, because yeah. that's remember, remember that was Munkin's second year. Yep, he won three games. So, and that yeah, so that would mean you would win two of your last four games. So that would uh, be a situation where you know you you kind of win a couple games down the stretch, take that momentum uh, uh, into twenty twenty two, bringing some transfers, and you know being kind of talk yourself in the spring and summer like all right, we can get to a bowl in twenty twenty two. You get to that part of the rebuild. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is an important game for the program. This is it's a winnable game. Um, it's a game where you're, you know, slight underdog, but it's yeah. uh, certainly not impossible. No. Um, so, yeah, North Texas, I mean, they've won two, we've won one. So, it's, um, yeah, kind of a tough scene uh, for both teams at this point. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I guess, I think, um, I mean, at this point, I feel like, we have, uh, um, I guess, North Texas. They'll make a change. I feel like they're kind of on. They're about to start the maybe rebuild next year. Sure. While sure. we're kind of trying to, we're on the up, going up the rebuild uh, mountain where they're they're about to go. Maybe probably next year. But uh, yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just it's a chance to have a good day because you have the 2011 team coming yeah. back, and that'll be a lot of fun. Really, really unfortunate um, that that this. Um, yeah, that this is the shape of of the team when they're coming back, but um, either either way, that'll that'll be fun to um, have those guys back and, and celebrate um, that championship. And this is also on the front end of a of a pretty tough um, or before two pretty tough games. Um, you know, you've got UTSA or you go to UTSA or I guess two road games. I was yeah, um, yeah you you go to Ruston. After you go to San Antonio, you're probably not going to beat UTSA. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's uh, that's pretty safe to say. Um, and the Latak game, you know, who knows? Um, you never know when you play play the Bulldogs. But when USM and Latak get together, throw out all the record books. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. But you also you don't feel great about either yeah. of those games. And so um, that that's why I say that this is a, a must win game because. You lose this, probably lose the next two, and then you play FIU at home in front of oh, yeah. seven and a half fans you know, on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, that's um, going to be tough. That, that'll, yeah, e- either way, even if you do 
win this Saturday. That that'll be tough, but that'll be a tough environment to to win in. I think even at home against a really bad team. Um, so this this to me is is your best chance to have a good day for the program, um, to have some silver lining and to something to build on. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, again, it's it's a toss up. I think the the defense. Defense has to have another really good week, um, as they did last week. I mean, to give up to give up two touchdowns to Middle Tennessee at home, I think is probably a little bit better performance than people think, um, because Middle Middle scored uh, Middle scored a lot of points in uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, close games. You know, a couple of those being wins, and I think averaging right at thirty a game. Um, and so, as much as your defense was on the field. Uh, to give up only two offensive touchdowns in four quarters, uh, pretty good performance. So I think you have to have that against North Texas because they do have some skill guys that can really play, um, especially on the outside. I feel and like they always they always have they a couple of receivers. Yeah, a, c- a couple of five foot one guys that can just that run four threes and. Yeah, I was watching. I was at the Saints Bucks game and uh, Jalen Darden. Yeah, um, he, he I think he had like one sweep. But I was like, man, I just remember that guy torching us. Oh, yeah. And he's, you know, obviously still really fast. <laughs> sure. I mean, he's only a rookie, so it's not like he's a, you know, I'm talking about him like he's a 35-year-old veteran. But, um, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, they always have a couple, yeah, like you said, really small skill guys, but they can run like a 2-9. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I got to watch out for that for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the secondary, I think, I think will be tested. Um, got to get pressure on the quarterback. And, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to even talk about keys for the offense at this point. It's you just you just hope that you, you don't. I guess I guess maybe the keys are don't turn the ball over five times uh, this week, and don't um, don't have your quarterback hurt, and uh, just just avoid I guess the game breaking mistakes because that's that's kind of been the story for the offense uh, on top of just the absence of production this last month. Yeah, don't, don't do anything like in baseball. You talk about like guys that are game wreckers, guys that can hit that three-run home yep. run. Don't have a game wrecker moment where you, right. you know, have a, a scoop and score, or a pick six. Yeah, or, or three of them, like like we yeah. had last week. Yeah, yeah. And so you, yeah, the hope is just the defense keeps you in the game until until late in the fourth quarter, and um, yeah, and then any, anything can happen at that point, um, especially at home. So yeah, well, yeah. So hopefully, um. Yeah, big game, like you said. So, yeah, so that is a that's a two o'clock game, I believe. Is it two thirty? Two or two? I, I'm almost positive it's two o'clock. But let me look. It probably yeah, is. Why don't you check me on that? Uh, yeah, it is two. Yeah, two o'clock. There you go. On top of it, um, yeah, two o'clock game. Hope to have uh, hope to have a, a decent crowd there for the 2011 reunion, if if for nothing else. Um, okay, so I would say that's sufficiently previewed. So we will uh, possibly possibly do a live. We, we will keep you updated on that. Uh, Patrick will be out on Sunday, so maybe uh, maybe Saturday night. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, big one, another big one. I mean, they're all big at this point. So uh, let us talk about uh, our only regular segment, <laughs> conference realignment. Uh, things still shaking out in the Sun Belt. Yeah, so uh, Old Dominion announced, I guess, uh Thursday, Thursday or Friday, um, last Thursday or Friday, um, and then Marshall announced, I think, Monday. Yep. 
Um, so you, you have three of those four additions in, and then James Madison's still in the process. I, I forget if it, was, if it was the Marshall or Old Dominion AD that kind of explicitly said that they would like to not have that lame year in 2022. So it's it almost sounds more realistic now that um, – Maybe not more realistic, but that, that there is real movement towards uh, this jump for all four being made as soon as next year. Yeah, and uh, I think that would uh, I think that'd be good for everybody because with the Sun Belt, so these AAC schools that are moving, they have to. It's, I mean, the AAC is a little backed up because AAC is dependent on the Big Twelve. Right, and that right. whole thing is still being worked out with Texas and Oklahoma, and that's not the case uh, as far as the Sun Belt goes. So it is possible. Uh, to leave a year early, even with the, um, I think it's an eighteen month, um, yeah, eighteen month yep. um, uh, notice. Yes. Um, but you know, I don't know. They get some lawyers on that, and some really smart people to uh, to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, this over my head, but uh, so yeah, I mean, I think I would, you know, I didn't think that was an option at all. But the the way that they worded it at the press conference, they were like, no later than July 1st, 2023, which yeah. made me think they were trying to maybe get it by July 1st, 2022. So that would be really exciting. I think uh, I think that'd be something where you leave a year early. I think that would be really exciting for the fan base because yes. you know, I've already kind of started looking at like road trips. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be till 2023. But now I'm thinking, oh, this could be 2022 yeah. where we're going you know, to Lafayette or, or wherever. So. Yeah, it, I mean, it, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm just, just – after after we announced the move to the Sun Belt um, – I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a hard time. You know, I would usually, you know, filter my, uh, my ESPN app by conference USA scores and <laughs> look at all the conference USA scores. And now I'm just, it's a, uh, it's a little hard for me to be really connected to conference USA and to think of doing that for another full year, knowing that this is the final year and it's about to look totally different. I think would, would, uh, it would just be, it would just be incredibly awkward for just about everyone involved. Uh, maybe especially so for UTEP, LaTeX, and FIU, uh, because. Uh, or, or yeah, but just before we get to that, okay, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you're talking about like filtering scores. Like I was thinking yes. of that last night. I was thinking my entire life we've been in CUSA, and you just go on the ESPN app. All right, here's yeah. CUSA, yep. and now I mean I'll, I'll probably be clicking on uh, whatever the zombie CUSA is for the next five years until oh, they get yeah. used to us. I'll still be keeping up on, with it uh, on the Sun Belt. Um, to see if it's if it's dead yet. Or yeah, I was just thinking like on by accident, like I'm just so used to clicking CUSA that instead of uh, clicking the Sunbelt, I accidentally oh. click uh, CUSA. I'm gonna delete it from my favorites and yeah, see if I can go on the back end and just delete it from the ESPN app. Um, um yeah, but what were you saying? Like getting to the max. Well, just uh, yeah, I mean, those it really feels like maybe there are just gonna be three left uh, with with uh, some movement as I mean, it sounds like. The MAC has real interest in Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, and there's it's uh, it's two way interest. Yeah, I think so. You know, that, it kind of been talked about like, well, is the MAC going to do something? Because the MAC they're kind of like the uh, the Switzerland of realignment. They're always kind of just <laughs> they don't really make any moves. They're kind of neutral. Yeah. On the whole thing, but then you know the MAC they woke up from their slumber. It's like, all right, we got to take Middle Tennessee and uh, Western Kentucky, and so it's it's looking like that's going to happen. There was a report from a guy out of uh, a journalist out of Toledo. Uh, who covers Toledo Toledo Rockets, and uh, he said there was basically they had a conference call and there was universal agreement right. on adding Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky from the MAC ADs. So they haven't announced it yet, but it is looking uh, likely that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little outside the MAC's geographical footprint, but not too much. You get into the south a little bit with that Nashville market, I guess. Um, you know, 
if you can call it the national market. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much of that of that they bring, but uh, you're at least close to that um that area, or in the you know the media market at least. So um, but yeah, and then uh, so CUSA. I guess we can get to the part where CUSA is uh, they're making a last uh, ditch effort to uh to keep their phony baloney jobs. Yeah, apparently. and it and it's yeah. I think maybe the last time we recorded uh, that was when. Tarleton State and and some of those that were just like okay, Conference USA is dead. Um, but there there's some of these. So the, what the latest we've heard: New Mexico State, Liberty, Jacksonville State, Sam Houston State. Um, that there's you know there's there's actually some movement there. And at that point, if you get those four and you you know maybe add one more, um, it probably survives at that point. Um, although it does, you know you've we've talked about, I mean, it's, it would still be, um, you know, bottom of the barrel product and, and would just, it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense as a conference, but it would survive. Yes. Yeah, so CUSA, uh, the reports are multiple reports are that, uh, from Brent McMurphy and, uh, Pete Thamel, uh, said CUSA is going to add, uh, or at least send the invites to New Mexico state, Liberty, uh, Jacksonville state and Sam Houston. So, um, and it's a $2 million entry fee, which apparently yeah. is uh, causing some problems. I just saw a tweet uh, from Dan Wilkin that said something like, joining CUSA for a $2 million entry fee is like a Ponzi scheme at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, but New Mexico State, I mean, obviously they're a bottom-of-the-barrel football program, but they do have good basketball. They're right there by UTEP. You, you, you're extending an, an olive branch to UTEP, basically, for travel. Right. Uh, Liberty, I mean, at this point, you know, CSA probably didn't want Liberty in the past, but now they're just to survive the Liberty, you know, once in, I guess they weren't really wanting a conference, which uh, I'm not even really sure why they would join CSA at this point, just because they have a pretty attractive independent schedule. Yeah. Um, but I guess they, you know, wanted a conference just to, I guess, with the expansion of the playoff possibly, and that um, G5 auto bid, you'd have to be in a conference for that. Uh, Jacksonville State, that that's an FCS um I want to call them. I mean, they're a really good FCS program. I don't think they've won a, a national championship in a while, but they are. A, you know, they beat Florida State. That's yeah. They're top of the line FCS program. Uh, Sam Houston. They're defending FCS champions. That's another uh, FCS. I mean, I'd call, I'd call them a power. Um, you know, kind of up there, not just below uh, North Dakota State, um, but even like. Jacksonville, St. Sam Houston, I was looking at it earlier today. Those two programs that have the lowest budgets in FBS outside of ULM. Uh, Jacksonville State is, I think they're having either renovating or getting a new football facility, but St. Houston's uh, facility looks pretty old. Their football stadium, they just shot down a, a student fee for athletics that could handicap them. So, I mean, you're adding programs that really aren't the, the attendance, especially at St. Houston. I, I don't know about Jacksonville State, but the attendance isn't really up to par. So, you're adding kind of two programs that aren't, I mean, maybe even three New Mexico State that they don't really have the resources to compete at the, uh, at the FBS um, level. So um, it's a desperation move. It's a, you know, half court shot, Hail Mary, whatever you want to call it uh, to stay alive and, uh, you know, keep those checks coming to the uh, conference office. But I mean, I can't imagine that any like ESPN or I yeah. guess not even with the, I guess partially with ESPN, but I, I mean, who's going to watch FIU, Sam Houston, or Jacksonville State versus New Mexico State. I mean, that's just not going to get you anything. So it's a situation. I mean, I don't. I wish the conference would die. I made the. I made the comment on Twitter 
about when birds uh, get let out of the cage and then destroy the cage, the birds get really excited. I feel like this USM fans with uh, CUSA. I would just yeah. want to see the conference die. But, I mean, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston, you're adding more programs that aren't FBS ready, and that just dilutes um, the recruiting pool, especially Jacksonville State, just because yes. they're in Alabama. Um, they are in the northeast part of Alabama, kind of farther away from us. But, I mean, I still, you know, who knows? We may go head-to-head with them recruit and – you know, they may get a guy that we want now that they're FBS, even if they are in a lesser conference. So uh, that's just something I'm not a fan of. So I just, just hate to see it. Yeah, there's there's the there's the Southern Miss leaving Conference USA side of it where you, you know, we've just been, we've been burned by being in Conference USA for 25 years. And so, yeah, you that's that's part of why you want it to die. But it's also, like you said, it just, it it hurts FBS as a whole. And it makes no sense. And what network is going to – because a lot of these uh, – or, or more often than not, the TV contract gets renegotiated um, upon adding or losing, um, you know, just uh, however – if the conference realigns, whatever that may look like, the TV contract is renegotiated. I have a really hard time thinking they're going to get 200000 a year for that. That's just and and at that point, if you're okay, they're getting a hundred thousand. I mean, what's for Liberty? What is what's the draw for that? What is? I mean, I get that you know the FCS schools you're moving up, but it's just you're just surviving for the point for surviving for the sake of survival when it, it makes no sense. And like you've been saying, I mean, it's it, a lot of it feels like they are just trying to save their jobs uh you know and, and i don't i don't know that that's totally the case because i'm sure you know the latech administration is probably um you know maybe sees conference usa survival as is best case scenario because if it just completely falls apart then you have you really don't have many options um you know and maybe i don't know maybe utep and fiu i feel like F, fiu doesn't really care <laughs> or whatever the case may be um yeah, just uh, I don't know. It's it's frustrating that <laughs> I I mean they know that, but they're I don't know. They're just hanging on for dear life, and it's it's hurting everyone around them. Um, I think it's easy to detach, and we can detach, which is was you know part of why the Sun Belt is such a great move. Is we don't have to worry about a lot of this stuff. But it but again it it does affect us in some ways, and it affects the greater FBS when there's a conference like that that is so watered down has little to no attractive product in most sports you know maybe you could make the argument in basketball New Mexico State and Liberty those are two pretty good programs but all techs been good basketball too but yeah well yeah law tech uh, yeah um it's actually a if I mean they're gonna add other teams they'll probably bring it out it's not a bad well, baseball league either. it's it's not it's not I mean what it was a you know, number six or seven in the... Yeah, I mean, just based on those six teams, when I did the, the four-year average, yeah. it was six, sixth, but, uh, yeah. So... It just, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And it also, somebody made a comment, I, I forget where it, it was, either Twitter or somebody, uh, some group message, um, said this, this, this might quicken the split of Power Five and Group of Five or the, you know, the highest, whatever, 30%... Um, you know, either, you know, whatever that's going to look like um, away from the NCAA or just into a new division within the NCAA. Um, 
because you <laughs> you look at a conference like what would be the new conference USA and you think why in the world are we sharing revenue with that it it makes no sense right more mouths to feed and some I don't even know if this is possible but somebody made the comment on somewhere that like well the college football playoff they could like the conferences could vote them off vote them off the island to not mm. share revenue I don't even know if that's possible I would hope they that could. would be I'd love that yeah that'd um, be special but, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, you're saying the basketball and baseball is not terrible, but the football is just so brutal. And who knows who else they're going to add. They could add Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to they're gonna add just whoever they can add. They'll probably add, like, you know, Texas A&M Commerce or somebody like that. Well, that's or, what it feels like to me is it doesn't – I don't know that they're, they're – the, I don't think they sat down and said, okay, these are the four or these are the five – or whatever, these are the six that we want, and they're going out and, and getting who they want. I think it's, okay, who's who's left? Who can we, who is possible for us to, to get to allow us to survive? Uh, and and they're just kind of going from there. Yeah, there was, there was some article that said they had 30 applicants. I mean, who knows? That could be, you know, like Tarleton State. Jackson or, State. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised they don't, like, they just – I'm surprised they don't add a school like in every Sunbelt uh, conference state just to like, all right, well, yeah, Jackson State, that'll bring down USM. And if we add Jacksonville <laughs> just, Jacksonville State, that'll bring down – Just out of spite. Yeah, Troy. And if we, you know, we bring in like Kennesaw State, that'll bring down Georgia State. So we're just going to bring all the schools that can, you know, hurt the Sunbelt teams. <sighs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's – I don't know who else they're going to get. I, I mean, it's going to be a league mostly of – or at least half. I mean, I think – Chris Vanini said that it's not their final move. Yeah, I mean they're probably, I think probably looking to go to ten. I mean they're going to be at least F, half FCS call ups, and then you have bottom of the barrel programs like New Mexico State, UTEP, and FIU. I mean it's, it's basically, I mean really La Tech and Liberty. Uh, I mean maybe yeah. Sam Houston and Jacksonville State can get in later because they are good FCS programs. But at this point, I mean, it's, you know, at the beginning, it's just going to be La Tech and Liberty should just play each other eight times for the uh, whoever wins the most or. Out of that, it's kind yeah. of champion. <laughs> I would okay. I, I said nobody would watch that, but I would. I would watch. Maybe not the middle six. I would watch the first and the last of those yeah. eight matchups. Um, that would be pretty interesting, especially if Hugh Freeze was still there. Yeah, I, I just don't know how they're going to get a linear TV contract. Out yeah, of that. I, it it's like, it's going to be all stream. Maybe I'll joke with Corey Gunkel on Twitter. Like they may have to play like Sunday nights on like. Yeah, against Sunday night football NFL, like on ESPNU, Jacksonville State versus FIU, and like twenty three people watch. So it's tough. Or the or yeah, I don't even know Monday afternoons. Yeah, I mean something, <laughs> something so that college students can watch when they're in the back of class or something like. That. I, oh, I I have I, no idea. Yeah, I'd be doing that for sure if I was uh, still in college, watching eleven a.m. class, watching uh, FIU yeah. and. You tip. <laughs> I probably would too. So maybe that's the market. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. the move. Um, okay. Before before we move on, I, I want to get your take on this. Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know we've we've talked about it at length. Tough spot, and it's a pot. It's a spot they've put themselves in. Do you feel bad for La Tech? A little bit, but I mean, I hate to use the word delusional because I feel like other fan bases call us delusional. But they are legitimately delusional. Like, they're talking up this current CSA, like, oh, we're at Jacksonville State, and, you know, we're going to get Liberty, and we're going to get, 
you know, this seems this is going to be better than the Sun Belt. Like half of them on one of their message boards are like, we'd still rather stay in current. We'd rather stay in CUSA than go to the Sun Belt. We're going right. to this exit fees and we're going to build up CUSA. I mean, I would like to see, I mean, I'd rather, I'd like to see like UTEP and Texas State go to the Mountain West and then yes. LaTeX takes Texas State spot or something like that. But yeah, it was uh, Stephen Godfrey who, um, he, he's kind of, uh, he is kind of a uh, North, not a North Louisiana expert, but he married into like a North Louisiana family. So he kind of knows the LaTeX ULM dynamic. And uh, I tweeted at him, I was like, yeah, we need like an hour long solo episode on the changing power dynamic of uh, La Tech and ULM, and he's like, wow, I hadn't, I didn't even realize, I didn't even think of that. Like, ULM is, has surpassed Louisiana Tech, and all Louisiana Tech feels like, oh, we're going yeah, surpass us. <laughs> and then he was saying something like that La Tech is the biggest loser in uh, Group of Five realignment because he was pointing out, you know, they could have had great rivalries with us, yep. ULL, ULM, Arkansas State, you know, getting fans in the stadiums for those games. Uh, and, you know, now they're going to be in who knows what. I mean, it's something not good, um, like we talked about, independent to a, a Zamba, Zombified CUSA 4.0. Right. So, yeah, it's not a good situation. And, you know, we, we've talked about they, they've always felt like they were superior to um, Lafayette Monroe. They've always wanted separation. They've always wanted to separate themselves from those schools. So, um, you know, I mean, the AD they have right now, I mean, he's only been there like a year, so you can't really blame him. It's just Mm-mm. kind of past fan attitudes, past athletic directors um, and that kind of thing. Um, that's really hurt them. So, but I mean, it, it's also, I mean, who knows that they may not have gotten in anyways. Cause some, somebody's making the point. So like we were the Sunbelt's first choice and then they really wanted to shore up that Eastern seaboard with those three teams. So, I mean, maybe it was a situation where they were just kind of the odd man out like we were 10 years ago. So I don't know if it's that or just kind of paying the price for their arrogance in the past, but yeah, it's, it's a tough situation for a lot of tech for sure. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's it's not hard, I don't think, for a Southern Miss fan to put put yourself in those shoes of being because we have been burned by conference realignment so many times. And yeah, it's it's not hard for me to imagine Southern Miss being the last in Conference USA and um yeah, looking up how far away is Tarleton State and Oh, you know, absolutely. I, yeah. Um and so that's and I, I, I just know how um I don't know. Yeah, there, there are two sides of it. I, I know how um, hopeless of a feeling that is um, for them right now, but it's also, like you said, I mean, they're still holding on to to that arrogance of of thinking that um, they're so far above those other Louisiana schools and really the Sun Belt at large, even though they are facing, I don't know, uh, you know, near death, um, you know, if, if not now, then you know, down the line at some point soon, uh, just with their situation where there's just no hope. And, and so, yeah, I kind of feel bad. I'm, I'm with you on that kind of feel bad, but it's also the, the way that they have reacted and are still clinging to that superiority is, uh, makes me feel a little bit less. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> we will uh, move on, start to wrap it up a little bit. I mentioned the 2011 reunion, um, this this seems like a good time uh, to just kind of reminisce on on those days when uh, we were in a very different spot, Patrick. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, the 2011 team. You know, that was kind of the last 
team. I mean, I guess 2015, yeah, that was a good year. But, you know, 2011 was kind of that last season we've had where Southern Miss football felt normal. Yeah. We were really good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was it was almost – it was Southern Miss football in, in a perfect form because it was, it was chaotic. We won 12 games. But we had the two, you know, mind-numbing <laughs> losses like we always have yep. that we should have won. Yep. But then we pulled one huge upset, and then we – Played in a ball before Christmas, and it was just kind of like the full Southern Miss football experience. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean that that was um, you know, certainly in our life, our guess, you know, we were um alive for like a 1999, but we don't remember that. So I mean, yeah. in terms of our lifetime, I mean that 2011 season that was the best you know we we've, we've had. Um, so yeah, it's going to be great to see Fedora there. He's going to be there. Yeah. Austin Davis is going to be there because Seahawks are on a bye. Guys like Tracy Lampley, just, I mean, all kind of, you know, hopefully get like Cordero Law there. Um, those kind of guys. I don't know if he's in the Canadian season right now. But, yeah, yeah it's just going to be a, a big nostalgia uh, weekend. Remember that team. So Man, Terrence Pope, I think, said he was um, going to be there on Twitter. And, man, that team was just loaded. Um, that was, you know, that it, it was such a fun. Jamie Collins. Sorry. Jamie Collins. um I don't think are they off there. this week. No, I was so when he was with the Lions, they did have a um a bye. Not the yeah, other playing uh, Patriots, Patriots playing, yeah. but the Lions were off that um are off this weekend. So if he would have said with yeah. the Lions, he might have been able to come, but not now. Unfortunately, so, yeah. Um, yeah, man, uh, that uh, well, what I was going to say was that that schedule. I don't know. You hope. Um, I I think that is. I guess, I don't know, depending on all the 12-team playoff stuff and, and that, you know, and, and depending where you are as a team, um, you know, and, and what gives you the best chance for that playoff. But to me, at that point in time, I mean, that was – it was such a perfect schedule. And it was so fun. It was, it was you know, you had good non-conference teams on there, uh, above-average teams, um, you know, in Navy and, and Virginia and um, – and you know, challenge in conference a couple times too, but it just it's set up so well, so well. Um, you know, you you know the the SMU game was was kind of a turning point where you started to feel like okay, this this might be a special year. I don't know, it just set up so well, and you felt like in every single one of those games, you felt like you had a really good chance to win, and that that's not been the case for a long time. And it, I think you could even say in twenty fifteen. You you felt like that was there, um, but or maybe I can just speak for myself. I mean, the confidence was just not there week in and week out, and it was kind of a surprise. Like, oh, oh, okay, we're you know, maybe we'll go to the conference championship. But but in 2011, it was coming into the year, we are going to be at the top of the conference, and there's there's you know there are a couple hangups that that could happen, but you feel like we're the class of conference USA and. Um, yeah, man, it, it was just a, a fun year from from all the way all the way through the UAB loss and the Houston win and and <laughs> Coach Fedora taking the Hawaii trip and um and, and the mess that was that that really I mean that kind of was the spark that that started yeah. the four or five year <laughs> spiral of the revolving door of administration and, and coaches and all that fun stuff. But um, it'll be uh, it'll be great. Hopefully, you know, I'm sure they'll have a great video and um i really hope that you know there's a decent showing um to support those guys if like i said if if for nothing else uh because they deserve it um that was a great year 
Yeah, it was. And I mean, you kind of bring up that Hawaii Bowl, too. And that was just another part of the chaos. It was just yeah. so many ups and downs, even with the great year. It's just like Southern Miss football is just the most chaotic yep. chaotic team you can probably support. And um, yeah, the, yeah. the other option was the Dallas Bowl against Penn State. Yes, but uh, remember that whole – like we were hoping – because at that point, um, the week before, the Liberty Bowl said they weren't going to take – the CUSA team because they had some option where they could take a Big East team one year. Oh right, and and the situation was where Houston. It was either going to we thought we were locked for the Liberty. Yep, because we were thinking, well, if we win, we're getting the Liberty as the champion. But if we don't win, well, the second place team will get in because Houston will be in the Sugar Bowl or where whatever. Yeah, and so we're thinking, all right, we're going to go play. And I mean, the rumor coming in for a while was we were going to play Mississippi State. Yes, yes, and uh, that and they end up going to Music City, Vanderbilt, and went to uh, the Liberty Bowl. But, I mean, honestly, I think Dallas against Penn State would have been even better. That's more of a brand name uh, and better location. I mean, well, I mean, I, you, I guess you can debate that, Dallas versus Memphis. But I think most people prefer Dallas, I would guess. I mean, you know, you had those people on, like, Eagle Post were saying, if we went to Dallas, we'd bring 35000 I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. not sure that would have been the case. But I think we would have brought a lot of fans. Uh, and I think we would have won, I think, because Houston yep. uh, won that game pretty easily against Penn State. I think we would have won uh, probably pretty comfortably. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great year, uh, a lot of fun. The, I mean, the whole Fedora era, I mean, Fedora just made us feel good. Even when mm. we were losing, we were scoring all these points, and the, and the tailgating was packed. Yeah. The crowds were packed. So it was it was just kind of a great time to be a fan. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish I uh, took it in more then. I guess I was too young and – Dumb to uh, <laughs> yeah, that. Well, well, I will just hire the next guy and do it all over again. Well, yeah, okay. I remember, I remember thinking like I was a Blake Anderson guy, and uh, yeah. but I was thinking, all right, Ellis Johnson, you know, he's my second choice. Oh, he's an SEC guy. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, the worst he can do is seven and five, and then a Orleans Bowl. What's the worst that can happen, or something like that? And uh, you know how wrong that was, so obviously. Naive. Um, but yeah, 2011, that was uh, that was a great team, and uh, you know. Honestly, I mean, we've had all these teams come through over the years. You know, the 97, uh, yep. but I guess 2011, this kind of been the first team that's come through where it really hits you. So. Yeah, that's it's just – For I mean, me, at least. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's the most success you've had in the modern era, uh, I guess depending on how you define the modern era. But, you know, for Southern Miss, last 25 years – or 20 years, we'll say 20 years. Um, 21st century. 21st – Yeah. Because that was the only I think. I'm trying only, to do the math in my head. Yeah, I think the only year we've been ranked in the 21st century finished the year. Well, right. 03. 03 was a good year. Oh Played yeah, the Liberty mean, Bowl. Right, right. But that that team did not finish um, <coughs> in the um, in the top 25. No. And, yeah. So. Um. So la- okay, we'll say last. Say last 15 years. Yeah. Um, to be politically correct. Uh, so maybe it, maybe some of the maybe some of the 2011 magic will rub off on um, on some of the guys on this roster and. Coach Fedora can have some some words of wisdom for Coach Hall that he can employ in this rebuild. Um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. If you were on the fence about going to that game, go and uh, just to support those guys um, and and the fantastic year they had ten years ago. Does not feel like that. Um, it's got me feeling old a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to uh, run through yeah, well, conference slate? Yeah, so uh, week 10 in CUSA, so we had our game. And then uh, La Tech at UAB, La Tech. You know, we kind of thought because they, they had a couple of our two or three really heartbreaking losses against good teams. Um, and I think uh, NC State and MSU were both in that yeah. college football playoff. Ball. And then SMU's probably – I don't think they were in, but they're probably just outside. They would have been in if they had beaten 
uh, Houston um, the other night. So, I mean, they had three close losses to good teams, but they go to UAB. Um, UAB's trying to stay in that West Division race. Uh, UAB's 13.5-point favorite. Then you have Rice at Charlotte. That's going to be an AAC uh, market thriller. Uh, mm. Then Middle Tennessee. I saw just uh, just on the Charlotte game. I saw the the cheapest tickets for the Charlotte. Uh, I think it's homecoming. Were like one hundred and eighty five dollars or something like oh, that. Wow. It, and I I've I don't know if <laughs> I don't know why that is. I can't wait for the picture of showing that there. Yeah. Eleven teen people there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're just charging the people that are going to go anyway. Uh, yeah. That's make weird. up for the the lack of credit. I don't know. I thought that was really yeah, weird. maybe some computer error or something. Like seat <laughs> maybe or, so. Maybe that's a better um, explanation. Uh, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, future MAC uh, rivalry right mm-hmm. there. Uh, Western Kentucky, sixteen and a half point favorite. Uh, you know, like we've talked about, they have one of the better offenses in the country. It's looking at something like a top ten or fifteen offense in efficiency, even when you adjust for um, opponent. So yeah, they're a big favorite, even though they have uh, same record as MTSU. Uh, Marshall FAU, I guess that'll probably. I don't know if that'll decide the East champion, but it'll be a big part of who wins. Yeah, the East. that's a big one. Uh, so you have a little Sun Belt uh, or AAC matchup there. So I guess we'll be pulling for Marshall, yeah, let's go uh, our future conference, our current and future conference mate. Uh, Old Dominion at FIU. Old Dominion coming off a win over La Tech. That's their first FBS win since 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess that stats a little skewed because they didn't play last year. But, I mean, certainly uh, that was big for them to get their first FBS win in three years uh, last week against La Tech. And then uh, I guess the game of the – well, I guess, yeah, I'd say this game – Bigger than um, Marshall FAU, UTSA at UTEP. Yeah, this is kind of, I guess, probably the most. Um, this will probably be the most watched game in CUSA this year. Just because it's on ESPN two nine fifteen in El Paso. Yeah, so this yeah. eight fifteen local. But um, I was really hoping game day was going to go there. They're, they're going to Cincinnati, so I guess this, you know, they're not going to another big like Texas A and M, Auburn, or wherever. But um, yeah, so that is uh. That's going to be, I guess, probably decide the West Division. I guess UAB still in the mm-hmm. mix there. Um, but yeah, UTSA was not ranked in that college football um, playoff poll. Despite, what a joke that was! Yeah, that was uh, it was tough to see. You know, they had beaten, uh, went on the road to Memphis, and then State also played at Memphis and lost. Or UTSA went on the road to beat Memphis. State went to Memphis and lost, and they put State at whatever seventeen or eighteen, and then UTSA unranked. I do, I do. the The Mississippi State argument is they do have good wins. They do have two really good, or three really good wins, you could say. Um, so that, yeah, but they're, I mean, just top to bottom, that it does, it makes no sense. So, anyways, but yeah, so that that'll be one of those, um, you know, people talk about like Pac twelve after dark. Or uh, Mountain West after dark was kind of going to be uh, CUSA after dark just because oh, yeah. that uh, that kickoff time. So I'm, I really hope they pack out the Sun Bowl for that game. I hope it's a big crowd. I hope it's a great game and uh, gets those uh, both of those programs uh, some publicity because they're both having really good years. So I'm looking forward to watching that for sure. So um, um, and then I guess two things before we go. Uh, soccer just won. Uh, they beat FAU um, onto the semis, right? Yes, they won two to one, uh, and. Uh, I don't even know who they play. I know they're in the semifinals. Um, I don't know if that was the last game of the day or not. Let me check the uh, conference. Uh, they will play UA. Yeah, UAB Friday at six o'clock local time. Okay. Uh, in the semifinals. Uh, so yeah, uh, soccer. Two of the past three years, they've made it to the finals. So yep. they've gotten really close to getting that championship and uh, you know in position to do that again. Austin, I believe it was overtime to North Texas in nineteen. I'm not mistaken. Y- yes. Yeah. And then um 
last year on penalty kicks at uh, at Rice. Yeah, so, so they've been close. Really close calls. <clears throat> uh, and then uh, baseball schedule coming together in terms of non-conference. Jacksonville State announced their schedule yesterday. Uh, they're coming here February 25th uh, through the 27th. So all four non-conference series have been announced. And so in order, it'll be North Alabama at home, Jacksonville State at home, at uh, Louisiana Lafayette, and then at Dallas Baptist. I don't know if we talked about that or not. I, I put it on Twitter, but uh, Dallas Baptist is kind of the highlight there. And then yeah. um, Lafayette, to a lesser extent, I think they're going to be good. Uh, but Dallas Baptist was a team they were a win away from uh, Omaha last year, and they've been a really, really good program yeah. uh, for a while now. So that that's going to be um, exciting. And then I guess uh, South Alabama also released their schedule. Three midweek games against them, two in Hattiesburg, one in Mobile, uh, we also have uh, midweek uh, announced with Ole Miss that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So you have 18 non-conference games announced, uh, probably a couple more to go. I mean, you'll see some midweek games, I'm sure, announced with the teams we always play midweek, like a UNO, a State, a Southeastern, hopefully get Tulane back on there. Yeah. But uh, non-conference schedule in terms of the weekends, it is completed. So a big part of the puzzle of that baseball schedule uh, is complete. And then uh, tomorrow, basketball exhibition against Delta That's State. Right. Just kind of be curious still they play that. Who you know, how they, I guess, divvy up the minutes and uh, see how some of these new guys perform. But, uh, yeah, so I guess yeah, a lot of sports starting to uh, get going here. So Fun time of the year. Hopefully uh, hopefully the football Eagles can get a win this weekend. I'd make it uh, a little bit more fun. Uh, so that will do it. Patrick, anything else? I think that is it. All right. This has been another episode of Buzzardry. We appreciate you listening we will keep you updated on whether or not we will do a live uh, Saturday night or whenever uh, that would be. Um, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that. So follow us on Twitter. Leave us a review on your favorite pa- podcasting platform. It helps a lot. And uh, we really appreciate you listening. We have uh, a lot of fun with this, and it's a lot more fun uh, knowing you guys are listening and interacting with us. Um, so, yeah, glad to have you all along for the ride For Patrick McGee, my name is Ben Milam. This has been Buzzardry. See you next time. This has been Buzzardry. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzardry Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.